Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Come to you as always from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Polly, and joining me today is Garrett K. Jones. Garrett K. Jones. Garrett, how are you today, sir? I am. I am good. It's the weather's been great. It's been very cooperative. It hasn't yes. been too hot. Uh, but I want to share something with you. I'm glad it came in today. Oh. Um, I'm a big, I wish we could get some kind of, um, funding or, you know, support for running a commercial for them, but, uh, I'm a big fan of Dr. Squatch. So, uh, just so you fans out there listening, know I, we are not officially linked with Dr. Squatch, but, uh, not a sponsor. They're not a sponsor yet. Hopefully. Um, (laughs) but I really love their products. Um, Mm -hmm. their, their soaps are amazing. I've got one called cold brew clean, cleanse that is just mm. ama- like my elbows like get really dry and like this is the the least dry and smoothest they've ever been mm. in years um and it's you know laced with a little bit of caffeine so i get that nice little hit in the morning um but they have a couple of special um sets that they have available and two of them are star wars i i had i used i got the the star wars soaps a couple of years ago yeah, I just realized that they had these, them. and um, I, I found... and I've used them all up now. But yeah, I just found out that they had these, and so I got the, they've got two sets. One is for the the sequel trilogy. One is prequels and uh, OG trilogy. Right. Um, this is the one I I like this one because it's um, it has Yoda's wisdom wash, Vader's mm-hmm. dark side scrub, Kenobi's only hope soap, and. <laughs> yes. uh, Darth Maul's ruthless rinse, and yes, I, I love it. It comes in this this beautiful like collector's yeah. case, uh, like it, it's so cool looking. Yeah, I almost um, don't want to use it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but I mean, I, well, I still have plenty of soaps that I I can use. But I, it's like I love it. I think it's great. Um, the the fragrances are nice. They're manly. Um, I. I especially like the fact that the um, <coughs> that they have really decent uh, grit in their scrubs because mm-hmm. that heavy grip is really really helpful. Yeah. But I just thought I'd share that with you because I that came in. It's Star Wars, and uh, <laughs> I just got the biggest kick out of it. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I think we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge that yesterday was the what was it twenty first twenty second. 22nd anniversary of uh, the attack on 9-11. Oh, yeah. um, you know, for most of us of a certain generation, this is the defining moment. I know this isn't Star Wars related, but, um, you know, I think that as time goes by, we, we've been kind of forgetting it and forgetting what, what happened and what that meant and what we as Americans, I know, um, I know there are probably, you know, listeners who listen who aren't from America, but um, the majority of us, of the listeners are, um, you know, what, what we went through and what we are emotions and, you know, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time, but I just wanted to, you know, take a second to kind of remember that day and, um, you know, yeah. Yeah. You have any any anything you wanted to add, or you know, it it was such a weird time because like I had just been back in the country after a year abroad in Japan for uh, 
less than two months. Mm-hmm. And um, it was such a, it was so bizarre because um, like it was, it was the middle of the week thing, you know, most like the day before everything had been running and busy and, you know, everything was as normal. Yeah. Know, this is usual. And that day it was just, it was, everything felt off. It yeah. Such a, a different vibe and uh, businesses that would have been open were shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, schools were still in session, but the kids were all just like in their classrooms watching the news, even the little kids. And I'm just, mm-hmm. it just floored me by, by yeah. this. But what I really appreciated, and I, I keep seeing uh, posts about this on social media, is that what they really miss is 9-12, the day after, where everybody mm-hmm. nationwide came in. There's so much solidarity, so much unity, and mm-hmm. a beautiful display of compassion and humanity. Yes. Yeah, I re- yeah that was just, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, I kind of look at it like, It's almost like, you know, yes, technically the 90s ended in, you know, 2000, 2001, but it was almost like that was the, like, okay, that period is over. This is a completely new yeah. era we're in. The the fun times of the 90s, you know, I grew up in, you know, a 90s kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you did too. And I love the 90s. The 90s were great. Um. But yeah, it was just everything changed like overnight. Just everything changed. So yeah. Um, well, I'm not sure how to segue from that. <laughs> well, uh, for us here at, at War of the Stars, we for those of you who had, especially from from back east, who had family members, uh, either who helped with the rescue operation or conducting safety with police, firefighters, paramedics, mm. um, those who are involved in our military, men and women, the armed forces, we, we salute you. Thank yes. you for the full measure uh, of. Yeah. First uh, and all the first responders out yeah. there. Um, my, my nephew is a former police officer, uh, just, just left the force recently, but um, he's also ex-military veteran. Uh, so is my, my niece. Um, you know, I have a lot of family that was in the military. My, my grandpa, my dad, mm-hmm. uh, we're all, we're both army. My dad, my grandpa served during World war two. My dad served, uh, during the fifties, uh, during the cold war. Um, I had an uncle that served in Vietnam and, you know, just thank all of them for their service. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So, with that said, we're gonna we're gonna lighten the mood a little bit more and yes. uh, bring it back to by Fort arguing Hood. about Ahsoka. <laughs> yes, because if we can't sit here and, and and enjoy the freedom of arguing about a TV show and fake characters filling it, then our lives have no more meaning. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yes. All right. So, Ahsoka episode four. We're halfway through the series. Yes. Um, Fallen Jedi was the title of this one. Yes, Fallen Jedi, and I, I'm not sure if the uh, the title is if it was a single meaning, meaning uh, referencing Balin's skull, or if it was a double meaning referencing Balin and 
uh, a certain force ghost, but yeah, or even even Ahsoka herself. Yeah, we we don't know what the meaning behind it is. Yeah, it, I think I think it's, it's I, I think that was kind of the 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 point of it. It was supposed to be very ambiguous. Like it could mean, you know, and they they do they they do this with a lot. Like, um, let's fly. I think that was the title of the of the previous week's episode was called "Let's Fly." You know, that yeah. can be taken various into various you know ways and. Yeah, I think that was definitely a something they did on purpose to kind of make it a little bit more ambiguous as to what the what the meaning was. Yeah, I think I think you're there's something there. Yeah. Um, so, I'm. What did you think of it, John? In and of itself, like the like if if you're not to take the you know take away the fact that once again we have no. Um, Thrawn. Yeah, no Thrawn. You know, and uh, and I've been been asking this question uh, online and a lot of people are speculating that either A, they're, you know, because Filoni has a plan for a bigger picture, like an overall, like, you know, bring this all together, that Thrawn is going to be, like, this is going to set up Thrawn coming out and then Thrawn will be the villain of the overall story arc going forward with all when they bring together all those shows in this movie that's supposed to be coming out which i don't know if it is so that could be that could have been the original plan was that this is just going to set up thrawn thrawn will show up and it will be like a cliffhanger and then thrawn will be the big baddie for like a move like either a movie or ahsoka season two or some other other show. I'm I'm guessing that Thrawn was supposed to be the big baddie for uh what was supposed to be um not Rogue Squadron, um Rangers. Oh oh yeah Republic Rangers. I think that I yeah yeah Rangers of the New Republic. I'm guessing that was gonna be that was the plan was to make was to have Ahsoka set that up and then but that being said if I'm to take it in just a bubble as the episode itself, I did enjoy, I enjoyed the fact that it was very, it seemed to be very um, action forward. Mm -hmm. It was a very action centric episode. Uh, Not a lot of dialogue. Um, You know, it was just, I mean, from the very beginning, almost it was just like, boom, you're, we're in action, you know? Um, And I did, I did enjoy that. I think after having, you know, that first two episodes to be very kind of slow and building and last week's episode, while action heavy was a very weird action. Mm -hmm. um, I, um, I enjoyed it for what it was, you know, just, if I went into it thinking like, you know, not overthinking it and just being like, this is, you know, Star Wars, I'm going to have fun. I thought it was, I thought it was a, I in, enjoyed it. You know, we didn't have issues. Yes. But just like by itself, I thought it was an enjoyable episode. It was enjoyable. I, I think I liked it a little bit more than, a, than the third episode. Yeah. Um, But and I, what I really appreciated was the the use of lightsaber combat. Yeah, because like yes. this is something that that 
that is intrinsic to Star Wars, and it's something that we've been missing for the last couple of shows. Yes. Because we didn't have a whole lot of it in, in Mandalorian, and while there should have been a lot more because of the Darksaber, it was not there. Yeah. I, I, um, love, I love the... Um... Uh, Ahsoka and Sabine working together and using both of their skills. Yes, you know Sabine. I like the uh, where Sabine used the rope to pull the uh, one of the opponents to mm -hmm. to Ahsoka um, to attack. To attack, I I like I like that little. Yeah, um, and what's what's interesting is the fight. The fighting goes well. The problem I have is that. Like Sabine seems to forget that she's a Mandalorian. Yeah. And like she spends all this time trying to fight like a Jedi and she's not a Jedi. No. And it's like, why are you fighting in a way that is not, that is and not. And you think that she'd remember because wasn't that what she learned when she was training with Kanan? Yeah. Like e even, um, I can't remember the, the Mandalorian's name, but one of the Mandalorians who was with them says, basically says what you just said, stop trying to fight like a Jedi fight like a Mandalorian. Use the tools that you have. Yeah. And it wasn't until she gets knocked down by, by uh, Shin Hadi that, uh, that she even considers that. I mean, yeah, yeah. she used the, she used the, the grapple cable. Grappling. Yeah. But that was, that was really minimal. Like all she had to yeah. do was like, I, I like where she gets disarmed and she reaches out like she's going to use the force. And then, and, and Shin kind of backs up like, holy crap. Have I been underestimating this person the entire time? And then she realizes, oh, no, no. <laughs> Sabine has no force power. She's got nothing. And then Sabine blasts her with the, you know, the, the, the whistling birds. Yeah. And I, I thought that was great. I thought that was a good scene. Mm -hmm. It was a nice distraction. It gave Sabine an opportunity to break away from the fight. Um, the, uh, the, fight between Ahsoka and Balin was was brutal. And yes. I and like I am liking Balin more and more as a character. I am too. I am too. I'm I'm liking his I was wondering what his motivation was going to be. Like, you know, what you know, what were what was his motivation and what is the reason he's he's um you know, he turned to the dark side. Um, and it was it was it was good to kind of you know get a little bit more uh, clarity on that and to see like his mindset of you know where where he's at. So I thought that was I thought that was interesting and the uh, the little bit of of dialogue and talking between the two of them. I thought that was really yes really good yeah absolutely and the. Like he's he's also a character who's very true to his word. Like, like he's ruthless. He is he's imposing. He's physical, but at the same time, the way he goes about fighting his opponents is incredibly cerebral. Like, he gets into Ahsoka's head. Yes, he gets into Sabine's head. He knows how to manipulate them, and those are tactics that you see being used by Darksiders, mm -hmm. not by. Jedi and no. so we're seeing a distinction he's but we're not seeing the just the the all-out I'm going to murder you type character yeah because he even promises to Sabine that if she relinquishes the map that he'll let her live yeah and I noticed that too you know that in that is 
you know, you can see that that Jedi training and that Jedi mindset is still there in mm-hmm. some ways. Like he, yes, he's gone to the dark side, but he's you know he hasn't gone. He's not a Sith, obviously. Right. You know, he still has that. You know, code of ethics and code. You know, you know it as twisted as that might be. It's almost like you know he would still consider himself a Jedi. Yeah, and and that's the thing is he's he's a he's a dark Jedi. He is mm-hmm. he's a Jedi Knight who who has who is listed to the dark side. It doesn't make him a Sith because the way he fights isn't with pure rage or hatred or malice. No. It is simply just using those darker impulses. His his yeah. ambition, his his desire for power and for control. Yeah. Um, th- there's nothing, there's no animosity behind what he's doing. It no. is, it is simply just, it's a means to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I appreciate that about him. Shin is kind of, she's definitely got that Padawan mindset going on mm. where she's learning. She like, she's not entirely sure what direction to take, but like she goes for the vengeance attack on Sabine and but she's willing to listen to her to her master. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you've also you that's the other thing I've noticed is that that separates their relationship, um Balin and uh Shen's relationship is between between that relationship and the relationship between a uh a Sith and and it's a Sith uh, a Sith Lord and their and the apprentice. Yeah. Is the whole mindset and idea between that is that eventually the apprentice will kill the master. That's kind of how it's set up. That the master goes in training the apprentice with the idea that if I do my job right, eventually the the apprentice will supplant me, kill me, and gain more power. The dark side grows grows more and more powerful, more and more powerful. But I don't see that relationship between here, between this. You know, that's why you see so many relationships with the Sith and their masters where they either hate their master or trying to overthrow their master or, yeah, I don't get that between these two. I see these two as master and Padawan. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you know, where there's no, there's no, I, I, you know, it doesn't seem like, like Hati has this idea of like I must overthrow my master. No, and maybe that will come later as the dark Perhaps. side grows in her. But for right now, you know that's not there. And so here's the thing that really, really throws me off is like last week we talked about all these fan theories, especially my my focus on uh, on the Inquisitor. On yes, I was, gonna, I was about to. I was wondering where to get to that. Like what's what throws me off is one we got no identity reveal on that. I think and we so, did. No, but we, we just well we, we got nothing because we there's no mask removal. There's no there's no issue with like the fighting style is reminiscent of of uh, of Ezra to a point. It's it's yeah. reminiscent of Cal Kestis to a point from yeah. uh, Jedi Jedi Fallen Order. Um, it's reminiscent of Starkiller, but it's yeah. it was neither of those of those possible outcomes. The, and, when he, the, and when he's killed, he turns into what dust. 
some of the theories I've been hearing was that he was basically reanimated, like the the Night Sisters used either a Night Brother or something like that, the corpse, and reanimated it and sent it out. So that when when it was killed, the essence just kind of went blah. So right. that was and, the theories I heard. That would make sense, except for one thing. Um, where would they have gotten the Inquisitor? Because that's that's not set up for us. Yeah. I mean, sure. Um, uh, Morgan Elsbeth, you know, as an as a former Night Sister, might have that skill set, um, but it's it, it seems like it comes out of nowhere again, like her heritage as being a Night Sister. But my question yeah. is, is if if that's all all Maroc was that he was just you know a reanimated corpse, yeah, and do their bidding. Then why was Hottie so upset when he was killed? Because like her reaction mm. was visceral. It's the same kind of reaction that Anakin would have had when Padme was in danger. Hmm. I don't. That is interesting. That is interesting. It leaves me. Wondering. I don't know. I mean, and will we find out more? Like you know next episode you know we got two more episodes left of the show well after tonight yeah no 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 no, we don't because it's eight episodes we're only half eight yeah there's only eight there's eight episodes so we're we're only four episodes in tonight's the fifth episode we still have four to go oh i thought we i for some reason i thought we had six episodes no no okay Yeah. And so, but I like, it feels like, it feels like there's something missing. And now I, I liked the reveal at the end of this episode with, with uh, Ahsoka being in the, in this void. The time, the, 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 um, what do they call it? The, um, I almost said land, land, land between the world between worlds, world between worlds. Yeah, and so like she's in because she's in she's been there before because Ezra pulled her through um yeah. when he rescued her from Vader. Um but the and so now, now we, what's great is now you know she gets to have this face to face with Anakin post Vader. Yeah. Um which I'm looking forward to. I'm hoping that's a a, a, uh, a key I, I hope they don't run that short in this new episode. Yeah, I do too. I mean, as a Clone Wars fan. And you know, and uh, and even a fan of 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 the of the of the uh, the the prequel, you know, some of the prequels, mm-hmm. um, to hear Hayden Christensen call her steps, yeah, that was that really was great. cool. That was really cool. That was. Um, uh, the... What did what did you think of the uh, the the CGI? It, it gave me a little uncanny valley. Like it was just something <laughs> was a little off. It's like. Oh. Yeah, it, it, oh, it's yeah, it's hard to say. Like, um, like the the it looked fine. Yeah, um, my it's just like you know because Hayden Christensen's our age. He's you know he's in his early to early to mid forties, yeah. and so like it's like we can see the bags under his eyes. He's he's an exhausted father. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like the, kind of the age Han Solo. It's just, it's just, 
it, 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 like yeah it, it's it, like it's still it's good but there's still that little bit of thing where you're like something's not quite right exactly <laughs> there's just something off just paquito <laughs> just a little bit yeah no i mean i like i like that they brought hayden christensen back i, I yeah. like but like it's one of the smarter moves that they've done between mm-hmm. Kenobi and and this where they where you actually get to see Hayden Christensen playing the character that he was playing 20 years yeah. ago. Yes. Um so that is something I very much appreciate about what they're doing. There is a consistency there. Um I'm I'm curious as to what kind of temperament we'll get because I mean Anakin going through the the Clone Wars was already a temperamental and and um, you know erratic kind of character. Like he, I mean, he was really good at thinking on his feet and doing things on the fly. Um, and it wasn't until the end of the Clone Wars when things had been by that point everything had been stripped from him. His world was just kind of collapsing. He was getting pressure from Palpatine and the the Order, and he finally just he finally broke he finally snapped and that's part of why he became vader in the first place and so and so everything after that all of his behavior as vader is just hinged on the rage and anger that he had at himself for allowing himself to be manipulated into serving palpatine Mm -hmm. um and while while you get like while he calmed down by the time you get to return of the Jedi, now we're seeing a version of, of Anakin that has lived through all that. Somehow he manages to get his young form back as his force. Yeah. Goes. Poor. Kenobi. Well, we're assuming this is a force because it doesn't look, I'm wondering if this is Anakin from another time. It could be. That's what, because if you look at it, it doesn't look like a force ghost. Like Force Ghosts have a very specific look and you know and texture but, to them. And this looks like it is actually Anakin from a certain point in time. But it could also very well be his Force Ghost in the plane that it, it's tangibly connected to. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, the, that, what, they have I mean the world between worlds, I, I'm not sure how that works, you know. No, you know, when we first see it in in Rebels, it seems like it's Star Wars, you know, version of being able to time travel. Kind of, you it know, feel like that. I mean, and because that's that's what that's what Ezra uses it for. He uses it to go back and save Ahsoka. Right. You know, yeah, you know, but it also looks like it is a it is a conduit not only through, like all of space space and time like not only can you travel to any point in time but you can theoretically travel to any spot spot in space yeah like so will it's i'm i'm curious to see how it plays out my i think the thing that i'm i'm most concerned about is has been the pacing of the show like after last week it kind of clicked in my head because like the first two episodes were relatively long the third one was short yeah. This one was kind of in between, but I realized something. I, it feels like <sighs> this was meant to be four long episodes instead mm-hmm. of eight. 
Mm. It's like if you look at the the pacing of the first two episodes, they go very well together. Where like the ending of episode two feels like a natural drop off, but the 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 break in between episodes one and two feels very unnatural. Yeah, like it like it felt like they wrote the cliffhanger without needing the cliffhanger. And again, when we watch the end of episode of the third episode where um, they're getting ready to land on the planet after being shot down, it feels like it, that doesn't feel like a natural place to cut off the episode. It feels like it was supposed to like episodes three and four were supposed to be like connected as one long episode mm-hmm. and then they just broke it in half so they could pace it out longer. Yeah. Now, what do you, do you think of, um, Hera, Hera's kind of, you know, bringing, you know, do you, that seemed within her character to do that. To be to bring, like, to, to bring the sun? Well, not, yeah, well, not only that, but just to be like, you know, screw it. You guys aren't listening to me. I'm going to go off on my own. And Oh, that that absolutely sounds like something Hera would do. But she would, she would make a, she would, she would go rogue like that, but she would do it in a way that is logical and makes yeah. sense. And she would make sure that she has backup, and she and she does do that. Yeah. However, she is not winning Mother of the Year award at all because at no point should she have been bringing her kid with her. Like, it, yeah. how many times in in throughout the series of Rebels did she suggest leaving Ezra behind on a mission or leaving right. Sabine on a mission, even yeah. though Sabine had tested herself? Yeah. Like that. That is she true. Took an eight year old. At the same time, I mean, we see at the end of of rebels we see we see as we see uh Hera and Jason in the ghost together looking like they're on a mission so it looks like Jason has grown up doing these type of things and kind of in the line of fire right so, but if you are a if you're a casual audience member and you've never watched rebels yeah that seems incongruent that yeah but, because then you're like, why is she taking her kid into the field? That mm. makes no sense. Yeah. And like, and he, here's the funny thing is they see, like, going through that episode, they see that that the the hyperspace ring ship, whatever the heck that thing is, the Iris, the Iris Sauron, whatever you want to call it, they see it charging up and getting ready to move. It is facing them. Yeah. She's the one who calls it out, and yet they don't move. They stay right in the in the path, and they get destroyed. Yeah. Like the only reason why Hera makes it out is because we've seen that she's a very tenacious pilot. She's very good at what she does, mm-hmm. and also because she's a main character. Yeah, um, the armor. the uh, the squadron leader who's shown up in you know how many shows so far, like. The only reason why they, they didn't do anything to harm him is because he's a he's you know a recognizable character now in the show. Yeah, Mandalorian Book of Boba Fett. They recognize him, so mm-hmm. it's like you know plot armor there. But the the fact remains is that it feels like it doesn't feel like a good decision on her part to bring her kid mm-hmm. into the field. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we did though. We did get a little hint that he is force sensitive. I think Which he, he does. He does say the thing. I have a bad feeling about this. Although he did botch the line, 
He's yeah. like, Mom, I have a bad feeling. What? Like, dude, you, you got to go poop? Okay, use the refresher. Yeah. No, like, as soon as he said the line and he said it wrong, like, I am, like, I shouted at my TV, you said it wrong. <laughs> that's that's how geeky I got about the whole thing. He said the line wrong. wrong. How many years, how many decades have we seen that line being used and they screw it up? Come on, Dave Filoni. Come on. <laughs> which which leads me to wonder if you'll have like yeah um that in the end instead of sabine being the one that's trained you know, sabine will be like look i know you want to train me as a jedi but i got no skill here's one over here <laughs> yeah and you think ahsoka would know this by now <laughs> yeah yeah, train the kid who's actually related to a Jedi. Yes, not the kid who is a Mandalorian and doesn't care about being a Jedi. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think they kind of did a good job of cat. I mean, if you look at the, the little the little bit we get of Jason at the end of Rebels, the little snippet, he looks like he looks really good as 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 that role. You know, the purple hair looks weird. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure where like, that I came just thought, from. I just thought Kanan Jarrus had, you know, just dark hair and just they just shaded it with purple because the silhouetting and the lighting didn't even think it didn't dawn on me that maybe he actually had purple hair. But I mean, it could just be like a like a rinse in mousse or something. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, Sabine's been known for dyeing her hair. How yeah, he, he's going color. through his uh, emo phase. No. Yeah. He's going through his emo phase. <laughs> well, he doesn't have the bangs in front of his face. Oh, yeah. He's not going, gosh, mom, why do you have to go to indoor today? I hate indoor. <laughs> no, that would be that would be Kylo Ren. He's, Kylo Ren never got out of his emo phase. Yeah, I know, right? He's Jason's still in his, his plucky kid phase. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man. Yeah, that's I am looking forward to the episode. I'm still, I'm still bummed that we still haven't seen Thrawn, and oh. like, I mean, there's a rumor spreading on social media that we'll see him tonight. Yeah, well, I'm there's hoping... also I also heard that is it was it this episode or next episode they're releasing they were going to be releasing in theaters. One of the episodes they're going to be releasing in theaters. What? Like, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be an extra long. I, I'm episode. sorry, no one's going to pay ten dollars and fifty cents just for a matinee ticket to go see a 45 minute episode of a TV show that they can watch yeah. if they've already subscribed yeah. for the hundred and some odd dollars that Disney is now charging. Yeah. Yeah. That just That's, feels like Disney is trying to just nickel and dime their, their customers more so than they already do. That at least that's, that's one of the rumors I, I heard was that they were planning on releasing this episode. Now I could see if they wanted to do either like early release you know, if they if they decided if they wanted if they decided to do the first two episodes, um, before you know, uh, two or three days early, yeah, in theaters or the last two episodes, it does. I could see that, but yeah, yeah, that does that is odd. Yeah. Um, well. So you were hoping to see Thrawn this I was episode. hoping to see Thrawn. We did not get to see him. I'm and like I said, like the the pacing feels very, very off. And you know, we, we're now halfway through the series, at least 
I mean, provided there isn't going to be a season two, we're halfway through the series at this point. The big bad still hasn't been visibly seen. He's only been talked about. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't understand like Balin's motivation for why he would even support an Imperial coming back. Like obviously Thrawn is not, he's not Palpatine. He's not trying to control the galaxy through, through the same level of, of control that, that the Sith would use. Yeah. But still we saw how bad things were under the empire. Why is it now six years later after the events of return of the Jedi, which is when this takes place, you know, why are we even wanting an Imperial remnant to come back? Yeah. I mean, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if for Balin, it's almost, he has this mindset of, I need something to, to fight against. I need, you know, maybe, maybe maybe in his own, in his warped mind, he's like, you know, I, I, as a Jedi, I'm here to protect and, you know, all this stuff. And he he sees himself as being lost now. Like there's, right. there's no threat. He's, he's definitely. So he's... Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. You go ahead. I was gonna say. Well, I mean, obviously he's he's a, he needs a purpose, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like if he needs a if he needs a threat to face, it doesn't have to be something existential. If he wants to go and serve and be and, and protect, like he was trained to do as a Jedi. How many worlds are there that have been affected by the by the the power vacuum left over by the Empire that he mm-hmm. could go and serve at along yeah. with his Padawan? Yeah. Um, and, and if if he needs if he needs someone to fu- like the way he's talking about about Thrawn and any Imperial remnant does not sound like he is a man who is worried about fighting the Empire. This is a man who is wanting to help it come back into existence. Yeah. Like he doesn't want it, it, like. His motivations feel very weird for me. Yeah. Very cool character. I like the fact that he's going against the grain as a Jedi, but it doesn't like there's just something off about it, and it doesn't it doesn't make sense for me. Yeah. Right. Well, we are. I think it's time we wrap up this discussion. Um, what 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 would you grade grade would you give this? How many stars? Lightsabers. If I was giving the stars, um, so last week obviously I would have given it maybe two and a half to three stars. Okay, because uh, it wasn't a great episode. Uh, this week's episode, I would probably give it maybe three and a half at most. Yeah, only for the sheer fact that we had some decent combat, we had some decent characterization in um in Balin and uh at, at least in Balin. Yeah. Um this is like the the performances from uh from Natasha uh uh what Bordizo uh and um and uh Rosario Dawson like they were still very wooden up until like they got into that fight with with Balin and his apprentice. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the most emotion that we've seen Ahsoka give this entire series so far. Yeah. Like, and all she did was like grunt and grit her teeth. <laughs> um, that's the only expression other than the smug look of satisfaction. She usually walks around with. Yeah. Um, and, and, and yeah. So like, <sighs> I'm kind of tired of the plank of wood performances, but that's what we're getting. And I'm, I'm, I, 
my big thing that I'm looking forward to is hopefully in this episode we do see Thrawn because if yes. not, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a little little ticked. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I give it a three and a half stars. You know, good movie, good episode, uh, yeah. but could have been better. Yeah, the pa- the pacing's off. The 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 creative choices with characters and their motivations feel very. I don't know. They very confusing. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Mr. Jones, um, why don't you tell us where they can find you? Well, you guys can connect with me on social media. I'm on uh, Instagram and X at GKJ underscore publishing, where I talk about my show the right way, which you can find on YouTube by going to YouTube uh, and searching for GKJ Publishing. That way everything's all kind of listed under the same thing. Uh, on the right way, I talk book recommendations, author interviews, creative writing tips. I have, uh, I'm just a few weeks away from launching season six, which goes in, uh, which airs on uh, October 7th uh, at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's going to be a really fun new season where we have uh, great new authors to interview. Uh, great new uh, guest hosts coming in to uh, provide their top 10 book recommendations. And as far as creative writing, we are talking poetry. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, as for us, uh, we are proud to be a member of Geek News Now, GNN. Uh, we want to hear what you thought of Ahsoka episode four. Um, leave a comment down when, the, when this goes live. We will put it on Facebook and X and everywhere else. And we want to hear your comment because at GNN, we are fueled by fans. If you also want to get a hold of us, you can email us at warthestars1 at gmail.com. We are on X at the same handle uh, at warthestars1. Uh, all other social media is under War of the Stars. A Star Wars podcast. <laughs> I don't know why I love that pause. That very. <laughs> Shatter pause. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just had a really bad joke pop into my head. I'm a horrible, horrible human being. Well, okay. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you want to support the show, patreon.com forward slash war of the stars. Also, um, you can check out our merch store. Link is all in our X profile. Um, yeah, you can buy our stuff there and everything else. Just go to GNN, uh, geek news now, and you'll be able to find all our shows there and on our main channel too. I'm going to be putting up, uh, slowly be putting up all our old shows, uh, on there too. Uh, so you have multiple places where you can find us at war of the stars here yep. and yeah. Uh, so until next time, remember, this is not just my Star Wars. This is not just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the Force be with you. This is the way. Oh, I wanted to... Did I show you the artwork that my daughter made? No, hold on. <laughs>